Hello and welcome to the CRE with Cobalt Banker Commercial Worldwide Podcast. My name is Christina Ballas, the National Director of Strategic Implementation for CBC, and I'll be your host. With us, we have two highly sought after presenters, coaches, leaders, and entrepreneurs. I was fortunate enough to see the two in action at the CBC Top 2 and Elite Awards trip, and inspiration was oozing out of so many of the conversations I witnessed. We welcome back Travis Carson, the driving force behind Market Force. Having lived, used, taught, and coached its principal practices for over 20 years. Additionally, he was a four-time nationally ranked tennis player and a seven-time nationally ranked triathlete, as well as a three-time Ironman triathlon finisher. Amazing. As our first-time podcast guest, we are joined by Josh Kalinowski, who has established himself as a successful entrepreneur and CEO of multiple companies. Josh is intensely focused on empowering men and women to live a life of exceptional impact, influence, and faith. Incredibly, Josh is a former professional athlete that knows the importance of taking risks, discipline, and vision to overcome challenges in the pursuit of dreams. Through his personal failures and victories, Josh has trained himself to unapologetically and relentlessly pursue excellence in spite of fear, setbacks, and opinions. As a personal coach and mentor, Josh helps people uncover their passions and live out their purpose. I can't wait to dig into our conversation about what we've observed and learned during our time spent with top producers in the commercial real estate industry. I'll start off um, first, Travis, you know, I wanted to, I got to go on the hike with you first, and I just wanted to ask you, um, how did you prepare for this trip with some of our commercial top performers, and um, how did that shape the content that you wanted to discuss with them so they can up their next, you know, get to the next level in business? Sure. So I've had the privilege of working with commercial real estate brokers for probably 15 years, and so I was kind of anticipating certain themes, to be honest, Um, but the way that I started my hikes was to have everybody get introduced by talking about something from their careers that they were very proud of. And not surprisingly, it ranged, uh, uh, you know, deals that they had worked on, persevered on for four years to 19 years, those types of things, which is such a big part of commercial real estate brokerage is that ability to persevere. Um, And then I asked everybody to give me one word in terms of how they were relating to their business. And it it, you know, really the themes that started coming out, Christina, were uh, people wanting to broaden or grow their business, a couple of people talking about 2Xing their business, and then other people talking about being overwhelmed or frustrated with all the stuff that they have to react to. Um, Travis, that totally makes sense. Um, And one thing that I wrote down that I'd love to talk to you, Josh, about is that that one word piece. And after you get into the one word piece, if you want to just talk about your process in prepping for coming on this trip as well. You bet. Uh, Yeah, you know, Travis and I had the opportunity prior to the event to really um, uh, collaborate and and really talk about what the theme is that we felt was going to uh, be a part of this uh, opportunity to speak with all of these uh, leaders and producers. And um, and so we really were on the same page, which was great. 
but of course, obviously, with our uh, previous um, experiences, it, it, we were bringing our different insights and our personal insights on that. Uh, we actually spoke a little bit this morning, and he talked about uh, asking everybody about one word that they were feeling, the emotions that they were going through right now in life. And uh, for us, one of the things that we do throughout our companies is we always have people create a word for the year for themselves. This is a really powerful tool for them uh, because a lot of the times, you know, we have these goals and we have these things we want to achieve in maybe one or two areas of our lives. And there's a book called One Word uh, by John <laughs> Gordon. Uh, and it's a uh, it's a very small book. It's uh, literally um, about a, 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 a two setting we call this a two setting uh, book that you can read in the bathroom. And uh, so uh, you can get through it very fast, but it's just an awesome opportunity to really reflect on the things that you want to create in your life. And so I was able to, uh, to challenge people to, uh, to, to kind of dive a little bit internally and figure out, you know, not just about business, but just in life as a whole, like, why are we working so hard? Why are we grinding so much? What are the things that we want? What are the outcomes we we want uh, through all of the efforts that we put into this and what's the theme of that. And so uh, to have a word to describe that or to, as you're going through those challenges or those setbacks, to go back to that word and say, yes, this is what's going to motivate me to keep on track is really a powerful thing. Uh, you know, for me, uh, going into this event, one of the things that I was looking at is, uh, you know, as a as a top producing agent or as a broker owner or as a both a uh, producing agent and an owner, right, with those wearing those multiple hats, there's typically three things that uh, we're constantly looking at, which is uh, we're looking for either growth, we're looking for profit, or we're looking at creating lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And uh, oftentimes, we don't, we don't have a chance to sit outside of the fishbowl, right? We're so busy inside the fishbowl that we can't see the things that are right in front of us. And so one of the themes that I wanted to really work on as we were just walking through uh, the trails that we had the opportunity to take them on is I wanted them to step back from their business, step, step back from the routines, I wanted them to really just kind of breathe in these opportunities that they have and really have uh, these, this chance to really get an idea and reflect on, well, what have we created so far? Yeah. You know, what are the things that I love about what we've created so far? And maybe, maybe some areas of life where you're like, listen, I'm kind of gone down this road and I don't like that road and I really need to correct. And then how do we do that? Uh, and then of course, obviously the things that Travis and I talked about as well too, is really helping them like, listen, I know that we can, we can multitask with the best of them, right? Even though, I would challenge that any of us can truly multitask, but we all feel that we can because we've had to wear many hats. What is the one area that we can focus on? If there was an area, was it growth? Okay, if it's growth that you wanna focus on, understand that profitability is probably not going to be at the level that you want because of the growth that you're going to have to be uh, pushing for. Uh, Maybe the lifestyle is gonna have to adjust as well too for that period of time. And the problem is, is that we don't put it for a period of time. It becomes an endless amount of time. And when we do that, that's how we get burnout. That's how we get frustration. That's how we have um, really big setbacks in our personal lives as well, too. And so I really wanted to help people understand, like, we can be focused on one area very intently for a shorter period of time. And then from there, then we need to do this again to really see what's the next area of level of growth that we want. Nice. That is um, a very insightful, but also um, there are such similarities also in at least the way that I see it, hearing both sides from both of you, uh, both of your wonderful talks. Um, 
Travis, the, the idea of separating your time into different buckets. Do you, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that the the idea there is is that you know, at the end of the day, everybody has the same amount of time. And I often joke with my clients when they say, I don't have any time. I'm like, well, look, I don't have any clients that call me up and go, I've got extra time. So it really starts to come down to a particular principle that my coach taught me, which is that awareness creates choices. And so when you start using something to manage uh, and allocate your time, it starts to act as a leading indicator versus a lagging indicator. So just just for clarity there, lagging indicator is when you look at uh, profit and loss, P&L, and you're seeing where you are numbers-wise. Well, that's that's history. But a leading indicator gives you an idea on anticipating where things are going. And so we developed this you know super simple model of a red, green, black, where you start characterizing your time into administrative time, which is red. And then you have green time, which is anything that's going to make you money in the next six months. So the color of money and then black time, which is anything that you're doing that's building an asset in your business, working on your business, not in your business, that should help you make money six months down the road. And so the way that we like to say it is red is a little bit more, you know, if all your time is red. It's kind of like bloody, right? Mm -hmm. If all your time is green, there's a very strong likelihood, as Josh was saying, you're going to burn out because you're just on the hamster wheel. And if if all your time is black, you'll probably suffer in terms of short-term results. So what it's about is starting to lay out your calendar in a way where you can start to look at it and, and that awareness creates choices where you can start to allocate. And then what we were talking about on a couple of, on, on both of the hikes, Christina, is that just asking people to go, okay, what are those equity projects that you could start investing in for the future of your business? How much time do you want to start allotting to that? We recommend 15%, which is five to six hours a week. And one of the first symptoms, especially for the people that were talking about being frustrated and overwhelmed, one of the things I'd like to tell them is one of the first symptoms that you're starting to use a model like this is it's reducing your own burnout because you you put it on your calendar first, you kind of get excited about it. Right. Like I've always done Thursday afternoons because by Friday I'm starting to tune out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm two in the business. So by doing it Thursday afternoons, I really look forward to that time. And, and, and look, if an emergency comes up, you always make an exception. But having it in there starts to give you a feeling of, OK, I'm working in my business, but I also have time allocated to work on my business. So that was one that I, I would dare say was generally well received because it was it was like a tactic to maybe relieve some of that overwhelming pressure. I've had a few people actually say they'd like to do a bit of a lunch and learn on the back of this with some of their key partners going back to their businesses, which we always advocate for, not, not necessarily lunch and learn part, but developing common language with other people. Because as, as people start to use something like this, they tend to come into the meeting in a better mindset. If the meeting is in the calendar is black, everybody comes in going, okay, this is a long-term meeting. Mm -hmm. If the meeting's in the calendar green, everybody comes in going, okay, this is very tactical and those types of things. So it tends to give people that common language and common approach for how, how to organize on a day-to-day. -day. I love that. Um, I wrote something down and you said, awareness creates choices yeah. and the idea of mindfulness. And that was something that also echoed um, on our talks also, Josh, and you actually led us through a breathing exercise to really kind mm. of inspire that mindfulness. Um, can you talk about how you found that um, kind of in your career path and why, you know, that you think it's so important from from not just bringing your best self to your life, but also at work? Why does it help so much? Yeah, 
Well, you know, it's funny uh, just listening to Travis. So much of uh, the end result of where he's trying to take people uh, was exactly the end result that we were trying to do in our group. Just different ways of doing it. And, uh, you know, from my perspective, it's all about the internal um, because on the external side of things, there's so little that we can control. Uh, You know, as a as an athlete, that was the one thing that was constantly in our mindset is that we can only control what we can control. And unless we are able to unless we're able to harness that, unless we're able to take charge of that, uh, then we're going to have complete chaos in our lives. Mm. And so uh, one of the things that I've been able to do is transition that into the competitiveness of of real estate and the competitiveness of growing a company and, and the expansion of that. But it's really started with my own personal growth. And I've realized through the years that I, if I was going to be able to get to that next level, if I wanted to have that success, uh, both financially and the reward of success in my life and creating this lifestyle, uh, that I needed to be the, the captain of my own ship. No one else was going to be able to do this for me. And so through the years, as you were noticing, uh, noting that um, I've been able to do a lot of things. One is is just to control my emotions, first and foremost, which is very tough, uh, you know, especially as a competitor. We, we get we, we get very caught up in our emotions. Yeah. Uh, and part of that is by doing these breathing exercises. Uh, a lot of it is self-reflection as well, too. Uh, especially when it sense when it comes to when you're a competitor, you're going to put yourself out there in really uncomfortable situations. And then unfortunately, especially when you get into these uncomfortable situations that you've never been in before, you're going to experience a lot of failure. And unless we have that mindset that, listen, I'm going to go forward, I'm going to learn from this regardless if I win or I lose. But more importantly, if I do lose, what am I going to do so I don't have to experience that again? Oh, perfect. You know, <laughs> and and so we talked a lot about that. You know, I, I love that Travis was able to go um, to the same place we wanted to take people with we, what we call the flame work, mm. right? Uh, and I'm, a, I'm an emotional guy, right? I, I love to deal with emotions because once you can control the emotions, I really feel like you can control the mindset. And once you control the mindset, then you can control the outcome in a lot of situations. And so the flame work is exactly what uh, exactly what you're talking about with those core tiles, the black core tile, right? Mm-hmm. What do you what can you do to take more time to spend in the things that you are passionate about? Uh, spend more time in the things that you know that you're really good at and bring life to your life, mm-hmm. right? And and the fact that uh, that Travis went there in in his setting and the way he said it, it really hit and it resonated with a lot of people. And I think that the way that I was able to say it on another uh, on another realm was yep. able to hit those that have just a little bit of a different mindset. So I really felt like that, the, 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 uh, the complementing of each other was really great because we're dealing with human beings with emotions, some less and some more, uh, and we all communicate differently. And so I really felt like those complicated, uh, those complemented each other really well. Well, you know, just really quick on that, Josh, see, one of the things that, that also came up on this, and especially when people talk about overwhelm and frustration, what I find is there's a mindset of either event thinking or process thinking. And it was something that we talked about. And, you know, Josh, you as a professional athlete and me as one that pretended that I was back in the day that he likes to say that. Well, there's <laughs> so, a very good tennis player and it's triathlete. So, well, well, but but the uh, the thing there, especially when people get overwhelmed and frustrated, Many times what I find is they're living in event thinking, which is if then thinking, which is if I can get through this quarter, through this event, through this breakdown, through this deal, then things will start slowing down. So they're wanting the pace to slow. And I think what happens for for athletes is athletes don't want the pace to slow. They want to instead acclimate to the pace. 
They want to learn things that allow them to go faster with less effort. And we call that process thinking. And process thinking, the biggest requirement of process thinking is what you were saying, Josh, is you put yourself out on skinny branches. You fail, but you learn. Right. And you get pattern recognition for what works, what doesn't work. And then that allows you, when you see things going forward, it allows the game to slow down. So I like to talk about in sports, again, you know, when I played tennis, the game always felt like it. the better I got, the game was going slower. And that's why I always liked the movie The Matrix, because the people that were moving the fastest were in slow motion. And I think there's a good metaphor or whatever it is there and and that's what so i spent a lot of time with with these groups talking about from a mindset perspective what would it be like to be a process thinker not waiting for the situation to change but changing yourself in the situation and i think that comports a lot with what you were what you were doing as well yeah you know i think that uh, just to kind of add on to that you know what a beautiful setting we are here up in jackson wyoming yep and you know one of the things uh just to add to this the the reason why we i think a lot of people have burnout or frustration um or even that uh quasi midlife crisis to a sense especially in their careers right because you can only win so many awards you can only have so many multi-million dollar closings or or sales and you you start to lose that right well you know here we've got all of these peaks right and the one thing that is once you get into climbing you realize is that it's not about achieving the top because there's always another peak right and there's always a base camp and then what we don't what you don't realize is that there's another base camp before you get to that base camp and so this is an entire process and so unfortunately a lot of us as you were you know just kind of alluding to is that we see that base camp as the destination and then we look back and go is this really the destination? Is this really all what it's about? And unless we internalize that, unless we really start to think and slow this down and really have a vision of where we want to go with it, it all becomes very irrelevant, very fast. Uh, and then that's when you really do start to experience of like, I don't really know why I'm doing what I'm doing, yeah. but I'm just gonna keep showing up. And, and once you lose that tether, right? Yes. There've been a number of people that have reported back, Christina, after the walks and stuff, you know, we haven't really taken the time to get the team kind of out of the day-to-day and just talk about what everybody's doing, what everybody wants out of the business, where we're going. So even on my uh, walks, one of the things that I recommend to commercial real estate brokers is that they do develop a bit of a process rhythm for how they're running their business. And a lot of times what I've seen work really well with commercial real estate brokers is they do kind of a strategic planning session to start the year. And then that sets up kind of their red, green, black kind of goals for the year. And then you monitor activity on a monthly basis. And then every quarter is when you literally treat it, say, like a football game, and that's the end of a quarter. So that's when you might take like a couple hours on an afternoon on a Friday or Saturday. Everybody pulls back. You actually look at the scoreboard and go, where are we in our revenue? Are we ahead of our income numbers? If we are, maybe there's more equity stuff we could do. If we're behind, maybe we drop some of the equity back, do more income. You do that. So you monitor activity on the monthly, but you actually look at the scoreboard on a quarterly. Something along those lines starts to install, again, what commercial real estate brokers are really good at, which is a lot of discipline that gives them a way to kind of at some level push themselves to have these types of conversations that you're mentioning, Josh, because otherwise it's just, oh, and now the year's over and they don't even, you know, nobody stopped to kind of do that. So I've had a few people go, you know what, that's a big thing I'm going to do when I go back. And it's like, hey, if that's all anybody does coming out of this is just pull their people back to have similar conversations to what we're saying right now, I would say that's a major success. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, I think there was a, 
I think there was a lot of aha moments as we were walking around, right? So I saw, you know, um, someone kind of perk up in the idea of of making sure that you look back quarterly and separating tactics from planning and that yep. sort of thing. Um, and then, you know, Josh, you had mentioned something on our walk today um, where you said, you know, when you get to two weeks before the end of the year and you go, did we hit our goals? Oh, don't worry. We only have, we have two weeks to like get those done. Yeah. You know, that's, it's almost too late, right? Or it is too late. Yeah. Um, and so it, there's a lot of similarities there. Um, the, the, one thing, Josh, that I wanted to noodle with you and that I that I took away from is, and, and maybe this is, maybe it's, I internalized it also, but the idea of moving away from perfection mm. and instead channeling that to excellence. And I just wanted to have you talk a little bit about that because I think um, there was a lot of that theming around in both talks. Yeah, yeah you know, uh, I think we often find ourselves getting into this, uh, this mindset that uh, the perfection is attainable. Right. And, uh, and and listen, there's a lot of things in our lives that we do really, really, really good. And maybe we mislabel it as perfection. Uh, I know a lot of us as leaders, we are expected to be perfect for those that we are leading or for our clients that are wanting those results that we've either promised them that we could give them or their expectations are already been set so high. Mm. And and unfortunately, what ends up happening is, you know, listen, I've been in this industry for 16 years uh, and, I, and I've been around enough uh, agents to know that a lot of times what ends up happening is that we take the work life and we bring it home. And uh, this this idea of, of perfection uh, was really a personal moment for me because uh, it was a conversation with my wife at one point uh, in our life where I was portraying perfection on our children mm. without purpose. I wasn't trying to do this. It wasn't intentional, but it was literally just me manifesting the things that were going on in work life and in the home life expectations. Mm. And uh, and unfortunately, we do that. I mean, we know that in life, we do that to the ones that we love the most. We're the hardest on the ones that we love the most. Uh, and and to, to have that expectation because we have it on ourselves. It's not like it's not like we're just trying to blame it on other people or to put that burden on other people, but we expect it out of ourselves. So we want to, we want to do this in the people in the lives that we love the most, right? Um, and so to be able to get that, uh, once again, just get out of that fishbowl to realize, to say, hey, am I portraying this image of perfection, not only to my, my, you know, my family, but all of these other people? Instead, should I be looking at the word of excellence. What can I do with this excellence that I want to attain in my life? And, you know, the example I gave was uh, the no hitter that uh, uh, that I was able to pitch uh, in my career. And it was far from perfect or else if, if it would have been, it would have been a perfect game, right? Uh, I had, you know, I had mistakes in there. I threw balls. I walked batters. Uh, you know, there were things that went on that didn't allow it to be a perfect game, but it was still an excellent game. It was still a yeah. no hitter. Right. Yeah. And so that was a really great metaphor uh, in, in the way that I was approaching life and realizing that I can I can expect uh, excellence. I can strive for excellence, but I really got to start pushing myself away from this idea of perfection, perfection. in life. Beautiful. I really love that. And I have to say, you know, I I have felt that shift in myself. Uh, obviously, the COVID crisis pushed us all in different ways. And for me, um, I didn't have the language until you said that sentence yeah. today. You know, I, I started giving myself more grace and being okay with things not being perfect um, and really enjoying and being thankful for the good moments. And I didn't, and I thought maybe, maybe I was slacking on my expectations right. yeah. for myself. But I think what I was doing is trying to move away from this concept that perfection exists. <laughs> and that's, 
that's a big lesson I learned in the past year. And if I may too, no, it's yeah. amazing. No, I, I'm writing that down as he was talking too. So that, that's amazing. Uh, George Wallace yes. uh, on the, on the hike today, you know, to, to your point, I think Josh as well, he was saying that a big thing for him in leadership is vulnerability and the ability to invite people into conversations, not necessarily putting the pressure on them to know the answer. Because he was, you know, he was asked by somebody else who was frustrated with their business. How do I get my people more engaged? And George, I just thought had a great answer that I think goes along with what you're saying is I think portraying some kind of perfection or, you know, all the answers as a leader is very dangerous and sends a message that does, that isn't very inviting. But if you can come in as a leader and be very vulnerable of like, hey, I don't really know where this is going or I'm not really sure what to do people may open up a little more and I just you know people on the, on the hike were you know I could see them shaking their heads up and down and so just want to commend George because it just felt feels like he's really got that philosophy running through his business which is excellent yeah for sure. Well, that touches on something that I wanted to make sure I, I hit in our conversation is being that I know, and I know you've both of you, you're a commercial broker, Josh and Travis, you've worked a lot with commercial brokers, um, being with some of our top performers. And really there are some people that had their best years ever in one of the hardest years yep, ever, yeah. right? Yes. So people can, our people can really do hard things, but, um, you know, being on these talks and walks, what did you think was your biggest takeaway? Well, I guess I, for me, um, one of the things that I just so enjoyed about this group is that there was real engagement and learning. All the things that we're talking about, conversations were super easy. People were very open. And I'll be honest, I, a lot of my previous work experience has been, quite frankly, with younger like newer in the business, commercial real estate brokers that I think are going through some of these things. I feel like a lot of the people here are already embodying a lot of what we're talking about, but it was really great for them to be around other people sharing ideas. So what I loved was the collaboration. It was it was probably the biggest thing I took away is, um, you know, the, the folks, you know, I had smaller groups than Josh, professional athletes, <laughs> but, but my groups were very much like trying to help one another and being very collaborative. Sometimes commercial real estate doesn't lend itself to that. People get very independently yeah. focused and unwilling to kind of share data or information. And so this group does not feel like that at all. And I thought that was a real tribute to the culture that's being built. I, I, I very much agree, actually. I think that the, the culture in our company and, and in Cobalt Banker Commercial specifically is just um, there is so much collaboration that you don't tend to see everywhere else. Yeah, so thank you for that. And Josh, what about you? Yeah, you know, I think one of the uh, the unfortunate things about uh, commercial agents is that they get a bad rep that um, they're, you know, they're either suit and tie, they're uh, very sophisticated, obviously very intellectual, uh, and not friendly, right? And, and and we get that from the residential agents a lot. You know, I mean, you just see that throughout the country. In a sense. Uh, the thing that I took away from the, this weekend, honestly, was was so far from removed from that. Uh, <laughs> totally. Great people. I mean, we're, we're talking with human beings yeah. that happen to be very good at the thing that they do in life. And that's just awesome. I love that, that yep. they've found they found what they're good at and they've excelled at it and they've taken that to the next level. Um, this was so much fun to be able to sit down and really kind of peel back the onion though. And I love doing that. I, I love the fact that when, when people can start to let their guards down, when they can really start to talk about the things that are going on, because once again, we, we have to be guarded in so many areas of our life, right? We just, as leaders, we do. We have to be vulnerable to a certain point, but we also have to be very guarded in that. And so when we can get uh, around a group of people that we know and we like and we trust, we can start to have those real conversations. 
And we can surely start to um, unfold and unpack those things that are really going on internally that maybe we're maybe maybe they're really we're not able to discuss it in in uh, in certain areas of our lives and certain people of our lives. But this is such a great safe haven that you guys have created here. A great collaboration, once again, as you said, but just also once again, just a great environment where people feel safe and they can really start to have the discussions that are going to make the most impact in their businesses and their opportunity for growth. Absolutely. Um, I will say the thing I learned from both of you, obviously I've learned a a myriad of things from both of you, but the thing that um, kind of bridges it all together for me is this concept of building on your strengths. And there were so many people here, obviously being with top performers, there's so many strengths. A lot of times when we think about um, business and how to get better, I think we get into a rut of thinking about what we're doing wrong um, instead of thinking about all the amazing things we're doing right and what feels good and what we want to spend time on. And so, you know, in both of your ways, either with mindfulness or, or, you know, thinking about things in different, you know, red, black, and green, and just thinking about the stuff you like to do and that you're good at doing Mm -hmm. and to amplify that, to take you to that next level. So that to me was my kind of take away from from the both um, and and I really am thankful for the time that we all spent together um though I did want to make sure that I um make sure that our listeners can get in touch or either connect with you or you know where can they find your book or what's the title of your book I just want to make sure that um they are able to follow up with you because the stuff that you talked about here just just barely touched the surface on yeah. what you guys really bring to the table you bet. Uh, so you can follow me on all the social media outlets. That's exact. I'm at uh, Josh Kalinowski on Facebook. Uh, you can find me on Instagram as well, too. LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me if you just go to joshkalinowski.com. Uh, you get a lot of information about uh, the coaching that I do, um, other opportunities that we have through the organization. Uh, and then the book is called Strike Three. What to do when the game is over, but life is not. Uh, you can find that at not only joshkalinowski.com, but you can also find it on all the major outlets as well. Amazon, as we know, is giant and has all of, all of that as well too. There, so uh, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Yep. Uh, for us, marketforceglobal.com, and uh, for the book, our book is called Diamond Goldfish, and it's predicated on the diamond rule, which is being your best under pressure. Diamonds are built under pressure, and it's a relationship management book. And um, would love to have people check it out. Unfortunately, didn't make it to the event. So uh, if if people want to check that out, but uh, there have been a few people that have been open to even doing follow up lunch and learns, and we do training and coaching as well. And so happy to just be a contribution. Going back to to Josh's one word, personally, my one word is contribution. And so I walk around just looking for opportunities to contribute to other very successful, ambitious people. That's awesome. Well, for those of you that enjoyed this talk, please make sure to like and follow and subscribe. If you want to hear more from Travis, you can go through some of our history. We had a different interview with Travis earlier at the end of last year, so you could check that out. And Josh, I feel like this won't be our last conversation.